You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. He not busy being born is busy dying. Bob Dylan wrote and sang those lyrics in his song, It's Alright Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. Those words hit home for me. They remind me that we are on this earth to keep growing. Growth demands change. If you resist change, you begin to die. There is no standing still. Like flowers, we grow or we die. Today's guest is a fascinating woman. Actually, she's many women. In her own words, she was once a lost girl without purpose. Today, she's a student, an educator, a writer, an athlete, a musician, a model, and a public speaker who inspires people to live into their full potential. You are in for some learning, inspiration, and fun with, wow, at least six different Madelines. Madeline, to all of you, welcome to change your story, change your life. Hi, thank you so much for having me. For having all of you, the, the whole <laughs> yeah, group. Yeah, having all of me. <laughs> the, the whole group of you, there are so yes. many different ones. So where was, where was Madeline Wilkinson born? Well, I was born in North York General Hospital, and I grew up in Stovall, Ontario, which is about, without traffic, which is never hmm. anymore, um, about 45 minutes north of Toronto. North of Toronto, okay. Mm-hmm. Small little town, what well, was. <laughs> and who would you say influenced you the most when you were a child? Um, as a child, I think I had a pretty typical experience where my family was my biggest influencers. Um, my mom was always a really big influence in my life. And same with my father. I have a nice mix of the two of them, I think. Um, and then I also have an older sister um, who I always really looked up to and a younger sister as well, um, who I just adore. <laughs> Would you say that any one of them had a specific kind of influence when you look back and you go the choices I've made, I can really relate to, this came from blah, 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 if not, it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that my mom has a really big influence in my life. She was always very, um, she was always very, prom- we had three girls in our family, and she really empowered us um, when we were younger, and to make our own independent decisions, and I would say she probably <laughs> would be the answer to that question. Okay. And did you have a childhood dream of who you wanted to be when you grew up? Yes, I did. When I was really young, I really wanted to be be a marine biologist. That was the first dream of mine. Um, It was right after I had watched Free Willy and then naturally became obsessed with orca whales and then all other whales on top of that. But unfortunately... My, um, I have a fear of swimming and where I don't like knowing, not knowing what's underneath me. So I have this fear that I'm working through. Um, and science wasn't my, wasn't my best subject. So I quickly learned that that was going to be not really a dream that I would be pursuing in my life. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I have that same fear. Do you really? Yeah. I, I actually tried, uh, to do some, uh, scuba diving with an instructor in in Barbados mm-hmm. and uh, I had to give up when they were just testing us in the swimming pool because <laughs> I got totally claustrophobic and I oh, said, really? nah. yeah I I wasn't interested in facing the fear at the time so <laughs> <laughs> well every day this summer I, I lived up at my cottage and every day I tried to go swimming at least once to try and work my way through the fear. And it's a lake, and I shouldn't be so fearful. There's nothing going to hurt me in it. So <laughs> um, I understand that fear completely. Well, you haven't <laughs> heard about the Ontario Lake Monsters? 
<laughs> Don't speak of such things. <laughs> so, you're a multifaceted woman with many different passions and abilities. What was the first passion that you started devoting energy to? My first passion would have been music. Um, most, more specifically, the violin. I started playing when I was, uh, I think I just turned six when I started playing. Um, I remember watching Sesame Street and seeing them play the violin. I was really intrigued and telling my parents. And then I found out later that my great-grandfather was actually a violin maker. So um, it sort of ran in my blood, and I started playing right away. And that's actually when the duo split between Maddie and my first ego, my alter ego, Madeline. Um, that's when that sort of happened, was because I always went by Maddie, but then everywhere in the violin community or the music community, I was referred to as Madeline. So I, I had this sort of different persona when I was playing the violin. Mm. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, and I ended up going to an arts high school, auditioning, and, and um, going to Univa High School for to play the violin. Um, and then I eventually got my degree in musicology. Well, it's music, a Bachelor of Music, but I call it musicology because it is the academic study of music, and that's essentially what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And did you at some point start to see yourself becoming, you know, for a lifetime as a professional musician? Um, I did, you know, when I saw the Dixie Chicks play when I was in grade six, I remember when I went with my cousins and I saw, you know, they have the one violin, the fiddle, uh, the fiddle, fiddle player, the fiddle player playing. (laughs) And, um, I just was so inspired and I, and I thought maybe, but, um, when I was in high school and I was playing the violin, it was really tricky for me because I was, um, I was also playing really competitive hockey and I was playing a very high level of hockey and a very high level of soccer as well. So my nights and evenings were really wrapped up with traveling for hockey and practicing and all of that. And so practicing the violin kind of, that was my least favorite thing to do was practice. So I sort of fell. So that, that dream um, sort of fell through a little bit for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what prompted you to move on then from that and to start living into another identity? Was it simply that you just naturally fell away from music? Um, I don't know if I ever did fall away from music. I think okay. I lost confidence in my ability to play. Um, I was in a really elite program where I was playing with professional musicians who are professional musicians now. Um, and they were just so brilliant and the violin was their passion. And so when you're with people who that's what they do, they come to school and be like, Oh, I practiced four hours yesterday and all of this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I didn't do anything. (laughs) I had a hockey game in Windsor. I was driving out that way. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things where, and then at the time, I think high school was, it was a little bit of a shaky time for me in confidence. So, I think it had more to do with just my confidence level, but I don't think I ever actually truly moved away from music. As soon as I went to university, part of the reason why I chose Carleton University was because of the music program there. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you kept evolving and discovering different personas. Let's explore them. Yeah. Tell (laughs) tell, Tell us about who you are when you call yourself Maddie. Maddie. So Maddie... I like to think of Maddie as my inner child. She's sort of really fun and playful. She breaks rules. She, you know, is really spontaneous, um, go with the flow, very free-spirited. And uh, she, so I like to think of her as sort of my uh, inner child. Doesn't really think of consequences as much. (laughs) Um, She's all about fun. Um, And uh, really hyper, very, like, always moving, always active, never really sitting still. Um, so that's Maddie. <laughs> and uh, in what situations does uh, she show up? Um, Maddie shows up quite a bit. She's sort of, I think that she's always sort of around. I mean, I think they're all, all my personas are always around. Uh, she comes, she really comes to play when I'm with kindergarten students. I realize this. <laughs> She's really active in the when I'm with the younger grades, um, and she can kind of be her goofy, like wild self. Um, and it doesn't seem goofy to them; they just think it's amazing. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you work with kindergarten kids now, right? Sometimes. I, I'm working as an occasional teacher. So um, I work from with students anywhere from kindergarten to grade eight. Uh, and I'm mostly doing physical education. So I'm typically doing really physical stuff with the students. But with the kindergarten kids, with their, they're so young that you're not really, you're teaching them more just about movement and stuff and just getting them sort of like their energy out. And um, you play a lot of games and uh, you, you, you listen to a lot of crying and a lot of, miss, they did this, miss, they did that. <laughs> and you're like, problem solved. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. I work with all age groups. I listened to a podcast this morning, Alec Baldwin talking to Maggie uh, Gillenall, and uh, she's in a, apparently a fascinating film called The Kindergarten Teacher. Do you know it? I haven't heard of it. Uh, when you hear the title, it sounds like it's going to be light and fluffy. It's mm-hmm. not. Apparently, it's really serious. And it's on Netflix. It's supposed to be quite a controversial movie. I think I'm going to watch it this weekend. You know what? I might, too. The Kindergarten Teacher. Yes, indeed. Interesting. So now we're going to move on to another persona. Okay. Who are you when you show up as Madeline? I think you call the professional. The professional, yes. So right from a young age, Madeline was more of a grounded. Like, whenever I went by Madeline, I was very grounded. It was very sweet, very quiet, very... um, I listened really intently. I was very... um, I was just very professional in that sense. And and then I found that when I was in professional settings when I was older, I think Madeline kind of took a hiatus in high school. I think she sort of went off on vacation for a bit Hmm. and then came back when I started taking... When I started really finding myself in school, it was in my third year of university. That's when Madeline sort of made a return. Um, and then that's when I started going by that name again, was in my university music classes in third year. So she's, she's whenever I go to job interviews, it's always I'm Madeline. I'm never Maddie. I'm always Madeline. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so she's sort of like the professional. She's like the really grounded one. <laughs> so could you give me a... a- an example of Madeline's self-talk and then how it might differ from some of the self-talk that Maddie uses. Well, Maddie is a lot harder on herself. Mad- I'm hard on myself when I'm Maddie. Maddie is, you know, and like I said, because she was my inner child. And, you, you know, when you're growing up and you're going through your own sort of like search for your identity and everything, especially in high school, um, and thank goodness it was t- a time before social media because I don't even know how kids are navigating this at this time. Um, but, you know, I had a lot of body image issues and a lot of um, just like self-talk issues. I was very hard on myself. I always used to refer to myself as fat, as stupid, um, all of that stuff, like just really harsh things. Um, but Madeline is a lot more positive affirmation. She's very much like I have my 15 things I love about myself. And before interviews, it's I am this, I am this, I am. And I'm very much about the I am statement. Mm. So I think Madeline is very much more, um, she's much more of a mother too, right? Like she's, she's the nurturer within me that's like, if I'm feeling down, she's like energetically patting me, being like, it's okay. And, and more positive than Maddie. Whereas Maddie's like, oh, it's so dramatic. It's the end. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a good description. And now, who is Madeline Sloan? Well, Madeline Sloan, I know I shouldn't play favorites, but I think Madeline Sloan might be my favorite. You know know what? (laughs) I got to tell you, I kind of get the feeling that she is, too. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so she she sort of was developed in my teenage years. Um, My uncle and I used to sit and joke around that if I was ever famous, or if I was ever an actress or anything, that would be my stage name, Madeline Sloan. So that's sort of where she developed. And Sloan is my middle name. So I really loved that it sounded so beautiful together. And I always felt very powerful when I said my full name. Um, And then, so I go by Madeline Sloan on my Facebook. And it wasn't like that always. It was for a bit, but then I felt kind of weird because not everyone does that. But then I went back to it just because I am an educator and I have to be mindful of my online persona as well but Madeline Sloan is very glamorous 
and she's she's the one that likes to go on red carpets. She's the one that wears really big earrings and um, very fashionista, um, very confident, loves to get her photo taken, um, and she's very fun that way. Uh, I really like Madeline Sloan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not always so far removed from Madeline Sloan. She's usually there. A lot of the time I hear from, you know, even yesterday I was out of school and I was in my my physical education clothes, my gym clothes. And one of the teachers was like, oh, she's like, I didn't realize it was you right now. She's like, usually you're so glamorous. And today you're just so like, you're so sporty. <laughs> she just was so, um, she was confused at first when she saw me. And so Madeline Sloan is usually around. Um because I like to be glamorous and I, and you know, I love fashion, just not like it doesn't have to be expensive fashion. I just like really stylish pieces of clothing. And when I first started finding my confidence levels, like when I first started really connecting with myself, um, I found that playing with fashion actually really helped with that. So Madeline Sloan sort of brought that out of me. Um, it really brought that confidence back of, you know, looking at fashion as being artwork and looking at, you know, as an expression of how you're feeling. And so I really like that about her. It's interesting. One of the things you said uh, when you started talking about her is that you mentioned something about feeling powerful. And yeah. I, I just want to, the storytellers listening to the show, take note of this because we're not just exploring this for fun. I mean, it is fun and it's entertaining, but, I'm always reminding people that the language you use to yourself is creating a story, and that story is influencing your emotions and then your behavior. And so, with a different persona, you will actually start to behave differently. If you have a strong, confident persona, you're going to show up in the world strong and confident. But if you give in to a persona that's not so kind to him or herself and feels less than, that's what you're going to show up as. Okay, anything else you can tell us about Madeline Sloan? Are you keeping any secrets from us? Am I keeping any secrets? No, I'm not keeping any secrets. <laughs> um, Madeline Sloan's a really, she's also a dreamer and she's, you know, very much, um, when she kind of comes out a lot when I feel like I haven't posted enough on, so, like I haven't done any posts in a while on social media or I haven't, you know, actively gone and got a new headshot or something. She's sort of in the back being like, um, hello, <laughs> can we please play now? Like, come on, let's go. Like what, where's the next like big carp red carpet we're going to go to? Like, are we going to go to an opera opening soon? Please let's go. <laughs> so that's her kind of self-talk. Yeah, and what outfit am I going to wear? Um, you know, and she she loves fashion. Oh, I can't even express that enough. Even last year, I went to Gasson just on my way to work, just for fun, and the whole Jennifer Lopez line just was brought out. And there was this one dress. It was so beautiful, and I could not afford it at the time. It was one of those things where it was like, I should not try you on. But then I did. And then the whole store, like all of the, the people working in the store, brought the whole line for me to try because I was the first person they'd see it on. So I tried on the whole Jennifer Lopez line, which was exhilarating and so depressing at the same time because I, I wanted the whole line. And, but it was a lot of fun. And so she's kind of like the entertainer that way, right? So she loves to entertain and be the center of attention. Did you, did you buy anything? Well, I actually um, went back. I, I, I was asked to speak on stage. So um, I was part of the ad campaign last year for the Canadian Opera Company for their 2018-19 season. And I got to be Mimi from Love OM. And so they actually asked all the people who are part of the campaign to speak in front of the opera community. So I spoke in front of about 1,500 people. Um, and so I decided to splurge and buy the dress. <laughs> My favorite one. Because I was like, well, if I'm going to go on stage and speak in front of 1,500 people, i got to look amazing. Right? Look good, feel good, play good. Or feel good, look good, play good. So Whatever. That's great. Now, <laughs> I'm sure you can describe how you felt when you put that on, it was yours, and you looked at yourself for the first time in the mirror wearing it. What, mm -hmm. what, what were the feelings? 
Oh, it was like euphoric. It was just, I just felt like my life was aligning in a really positive way. I felt beautiful. Um, and I felt like I was matching how I feel about myself on the inside, mm. almost connecting to where I was when I was younger, before I was sort of programmed into all of the stuff about what we should think about ourselves. And I just felt like myself, I felt so there and present and powerful again. Um, very powerful. I put that dress on and I, I don't know, I never want to take it off ever. <laughs> um, that would be, a, that would be a problem. Never taking it off. Uh, it, bad people ask me to show it to them and i try it on and then i'm like oh i don't want to take it off now <laughs> so can you describe it for us oh it's this beautiful blue dress it has um it goes up my my right shoulder and has two straps on the right stro- shoulder and then the left shoulder is bare and it's and it's sort of tight up into to my um just under my bust line and then it just flows um but what's really beautiful about it is that underneath it's actually a bodysuit um, so it's like this blue bodysuit, almost looks like a blue bathing suit, but you can't, you can kind of see it with the flow of the dress because the, it's see-through, but it only, it looks, it's very classy and elegant still. So it's not, it's very LA fashion. I love LA fashion. So it's very much like that. And it's just, it's very, I don't know. I actually got recognized when I was at the Hadrian opening. Someone walked by and they're like, oh, she's wearing JLo. I was like, yep, that's right. <laughs> Madeline Sloan was very happy. Fabulous. <laughs> so what, what is it? What's the material? What's the fabric? I couldn't even tell you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know fabrics very well. I'm, I'm ashamed to even admit that. Like, I, I uh-huh. you know, I say I like fashion, but it's more about how I feel. I, I don't really necessarily, um, you know, I'm really busy with everything else in, in it. So it's more just like a little side thing. I don't really follow it too, deep, too deeply, mm-hmm. which maybe I should, but. No, there's no there, there are no shoulds. There mm-hmm. are no shoulds. Well, I there shouldn't be any. <laughs> I like. I look what I just did. I said they shouldn't be. I just used the should. <laughs> I use the negative should. It is so hard not to use should. It's very hard. It's one of those things I try to do, like not say sorry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's also a Sloan without the Marilyn, the woman that you call your secret agent. Yes. And now I'm, I'm very intrigued. Tell us who is she? Sloan is one of my favorites. She was developed this year. Sloan was. So this year on years, I decided this is the year of me being, um, sort of a bad B (laughs) in like a very, in a good sense, but like just embracing sort of like that independence really, um, and really just being, you know, um, you know, I'm a single lady, so it's really just stepping into that and really just, um, really just feeling my own fire and filling my own love and filling my own world. So Sloan was developed during this year and she came out when I went out and it was the first time I ever wore a wig and it was this pink bob and my friend and I, um, she we said, well, I was like, I can't go by Maddie tonight, like, or Madeline, I can't go by any of my names, like, it just doesn't fit the bob, right, and so I felt like a totally new person, and so, um, so I went by Sloan that night, and then I called her secret agent Sloan, because my friends were like, you're kind of like a secret agent right now, because it's you, but it's not you, right, because it's just like, it looks like it's my hair, and, and I pull it off oddly well (laughs) um and so that so that's when the secret agent so she's very sassy sloan is like very sexy very sassy very like i'll stay up till five o'clock in the morning i don't care like she's very you know fun she's like if austin powers were to have a great great grandson in the future she'd be his sidekick (laughs) from another planet (laughs) that's how i think of sloan Um, and she's just sort of like, she doesn't really care what people think of her. She does what she wants, you know, sort of falling into that sort of, you know, that, that, um, how did, uh, Helen put it the other day, the badassery. <laughs> so you said a bad, a bad B. Did you say that? Bad B. Yes. Which is what? Bad B. What is that? Um, it's, I say bad B because I do respect, if that, that's, um, another persona coming in and stopping me from swearing, um, because I don't like swearing all the time, and it's more, it's like, it's uh, the B word. <laughs> it's not a swear word. It's not? No. 
bad, bad. Oh my gosh, my right. parents are going to listen to this and they're going to get so mad at me for swearing no. on here. <laughs> no. Are you kidding? This is the world of podcasts. So you are, when you're Sloan, what would Sloan say? She wouldn't inhibit herself. You're, you're right, she wouldn't. She'd just be like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> there not, she is. She came out. There you go, everyone. That's not a swear. Sloan came out. <laughs> Believe me, that's not a swear word. I know. <laughs> You know, I think it's my educator side that's sort of like, don't forget, you're an educator, da 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 you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> but we're not in a kindergarten class right now. We're not in a kindergarten, you're no. absolutely correct. <laughs> I'm just curious, what would Sloan do that some of the other personas wouldn't? <laughs> what would Sloan do? Huh? Ah. Oh, man, I don't even want to answer that question. Well, you know, I mean, you're not forced to, but... No, I know. I, just, I, I can just feel that you're getting a vision here. <laughs> I think Sloane would do lots of things. <laughs> I think she, she's very free-spirited. So, so, so name one. Name one thing she would do. Mm, she, would get on, she would get on stage and, like, dance. Maybe not like like too, too scandalous dance, but like she'd get up stage, she'd be the center of attention. But she would love it. Somehow, I feel that that's you're playing it safe right now. I am playing it safe. <laughs> I know my parents are going to listen to this later, so <laughs> I'm trying to be mindful of that too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she would. She would do lots of stuff, I guess. <laughs> You're kind of saying it without saying it. Exactly. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you having fun? Oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm just giggling over here. <laughs> so you love teaching children and you're good at it. So tell us now about Miss Maddie, your teacher persona, whom you call. I'll let you def- describe the qualities that she has. So Miss Maddie, I like her. She's sort of like the sparkly, magical teacher. She's the one that comes in, and I think that children are really drawn to. Um, She sort of says it as it is. She rebels a little bit against um, the system (laughs) in terms of what we're supposed to teach and spend our time teaching. She's a little bit rebellious. She's more about, you know, at this age, I think what their most important thing they need to learn is... Um, how to love themselves, learning respect for other people, learning how to have positive interactions with each other, um, you know, and filling themselves up with with that love and, and then also guiding them onto, like, you know, sort of things that they just never thought about, like opening their minds. It's all about opening their minds to the magic of the world that we cannot see. Um, and I think that um, children really respond to Miss Maddie. Mm-hmm. And typically, I will only go by Maddie around children. Oh, um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And as soon, it's really interesting. Um, as soon as a child learns my name is Maddie, they'll start calling me Miss Maddie. Just like, like that's, and then I have to, I have to sort of be like, um, you can't call me this here. <laughs> because a lot of people would find that disrespectful. I don't necessarily really care so much, but, you know, we, it's a funny world, the teaching world, and there is a lot of rules, and I try to, you know, hmm. play by them as much as possible. I don't. Miss Maddie doesn't, but <laughs> the other side does. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating huh? that, that kids, because they don't have a lot of the nonsense that's layered on to us as we grow up, immediately mm-hmm. respond. They, they, oh, this is Miss Maddie. Mm-hmm. And so they can identify like right away. Mm-hmm. How important these labels are that we just take for granted. It's so true. You know, it really is. It's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and you know, it's funny too because they actually, you know, I have um, my Instagram right now is Miss Magic just to sort of hide it from anyone to find me. But it, I actually did that because that's what students tell me all the time. They call me Magic. And I don't make this up. Like, they, they say this to me. And I'm just, like, kind of throw my hands up in the air. I'm just like, no, no, no. That's you, what they're saying. Not you, me. <laughs> you, know, you know why I'm smiling now? 
Bye. You just said, well, I use that name because so people won't find me. And you just said that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So, yay. Now you know who I am. I guess my identity is out there. So, whoops. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what I mean is students won't find me. I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Miss wilkinson the professional Mm -hmm. educator and how does she differ from miss maddie well she's very professional she usually goes by miss w because students oddly find my name really hard to remember it's kind of funny actually i didn't think my name was hard to remember but they really like miss w's usually but miss matt miss wilkinson this is sort of how i see it miss maddie kind of is behind everything but miss wilkinson is sort of like the professional face in front of it so she's the one that plays she more follows the rules um and plays a little bit of the game and then she keeps miss maddie in check so if you know because i have no filter sometimes with kids in, ter- in terms of what i'm teaching them you know and a lot of time teachers will will stay away from certain subjects but i kind of think that those subjects that people want to stay away from are actually the important ones that we need to talk about because if we don't start holding space for other people to believe in what they believe in or, you know, to learn how to express themselves and then hold space and then learn how to have debates or, you know, intellectual conversations with each other without that emotional involvement, you know, we need to start having these really tough conversations. And um, so Miss Maddie does not scared to have those conversations, but Miss Wilkinson makes sure she does it in a way that she's always covering herself so that she doesn't get in trouble for what she says. <laughs> I think from what you're telling me, even though I haven't seen the film yet, that you're probably going to really relate to the kindergarten teacher. Because okay. what I can tell you, what I know, do know, is that this is a teacher who crosses the line. Mm. So what kinds of conversations, uh, what kind of subjects you said that, they don't, others don't feel should be taught to these kids, but you feel strongly that they should? Um, well, I mean, there's a few. I, I do stay away, I do stay away from sex education just because that is so controversial right now. But I, I do think that's a very important conversation we need to start having because children are being bombarded with sex. Yeah. everywhere. And if we don't, if parents don't teach them and then don't allow children teachers to teach them, then children are going to find that through the media and the internet. And that is terrifying. (laughs) And we're not, we're not, you know, it's one of those things where we, we should not be scared of the sacredness between, you know, you know, consensual sort of activity Mm. between um, each other. And I just, so stuff like that, I do, I do tread lightly with that, but students do ask questions and and it's, it's so tough, like, as an educator, when you just, like, want to help them, and then you have to, like, skirt all those lines. But that's, that's one that I think that we need to have, start having a bigger conversation. But even politics and um, stuff like that, like, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to talk about anything like that. Um, those are the ones that are coming to my head. There was another one, though, too. Or even, like, mindfulness. Let's, let's look at mindfulness. I don't mind talking about mindfulness. Mindfulness is a Western science, Right. But in schools, you can't talk about anything religious or spiritual. Like you're, or like if you do, it has to be because, you know, there's, you're, you're just, you have to be so careful of the conversations you have around that because parents don't want you to implement what you believe on other students, which is fine. I get that, you know, and, and I, but I also think though that with all the different religions out there, all the different spiritual beliefs, all the different ways of looking at the world, all the ancient wisdom, we need to be able to actually have a conversation and hold space for other people to believe in something different. And that's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay that we believe in something different. Are you a nice human? Are you, are you kind to me? Um, can we have these conversations? Is what you're saying, does it put people down? Does it bring people down? Is it uplifting people? You know, and... and sort of having those conversations and mindfulness is one of those because mindfulness is actually, it comes from, it, it, it comes from the East um, and it's in its Western science, but it's devoid of any sort of like spiritual. And I got in big trouble once for saying that mindfulness is a more spiritual practice. And I got reamed out for this. And I was just like, but it is, it, it's because what it's very Westernized, but it's an Eastern science. 
And so an Eastern science isn't void of spirituality. In fact, they're embedded with each other. And I think we can learn a lot from Eastern science. And I personally didn't understand science until I started really diving into spirituality. And then all of a sudden, everything I learned in science class started making sense to me. So if I had actually learned in a different perspective, I might have understood science more growing up. That's besides the point. I just think, though, so when I go into classrooms, you're not supposed to talk about, you're not supposed to talk about all of that stuff. But, mm -hmm. I, but I will. I will. <laughs> I will. I will tell them the difference between mindfulness and Eastern science. And then we'll talk about, you know, um, you know, I have this, there's this woman that I work with. Her name's Asha Frost. She is like one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. And she is Ojibwe and she's a medicine woman. And she's brilliant. And she, she teaches a lot about ancient sort of Ojibwe teachings. And, you know, I share a lot of those teachings with the students and then we connect all of them together, right? And so then students bring what they believe in and we, we look at it as sort of like a beautiful thing as opposed to, to something that separates us. Um, and I think that that's okay. Now, some parents might be sitting there and cringing and be like, whoa, what is she doing? But I, I, I don't know. I, I think that we fight a lot. I think that adults fight a lot based on religion and politics and stuff like that. And right now in a world that's so separated, we need to start figuring out how we can all coexist and actually thrive with each other because the world provides us with enough that we can. Um, and I actually believe that the children are going to be the ones to figure that out. <laughs> so I have, a I, from, I get the feeling that uh, your kid, the kids you teach are very lucky to have you as a teacher. Oh, thank you so much. No, no, it's, it's, you're I saying some wonderful stuff. And, you know, I my whole thing about my passion for storytelling is to help uh, raise the global conversation with storytelling around who we are. Mm -hmm. Because the stories that we tell ourselves and others mm -hmm. are creating our reality. And, you know, we can tell stories of inclusion or we can tell stories of exclusion. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather tell stories of inclusion. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's interesting, it really is. So now we've gone over the various personas. <laughs> Can you give us a vivid, uh, I would say, physical description of each of these women, which would, incl oh. would include wardrobe, body language? their attitudes and emotions, you know. When we see that picture, we would basically easily be able to say, ah, we know who that is. Okay. So, that's a really good question. I would say Maddie is more sporty. I think she's she's more, she's sort of like down to earth, very sporty, will wear sweatpants out, um, and she's not so concerned with fashion. Uh, she's she's um, she's more the one that's going to go for a run or you know go play hockey or whatever the case may be. She she swears. Maddie swears a lot. And, Maddie went. <laughs> and 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 she probably can take or leave makeup. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Take or leave. Actually, all my personas could. Yeah, you know what? All my personas could. I actually only started really wearing makeup a few years ago. I was always very, I, I always wore very minimal makeup. Um, so I guess, I guess you could attribute that to my other personas. But actually, though, Madeline Sloan, she doesn't need makeup to feel glamorous. Okay, good. <laughs> so, or like minimal makeup, you know, she can, she can still feel glamorous with her, with her, you know, very simple foundation. Um, I think it's more about the energy and the attitude at that point. But I've never actually felt, I've never been so like I need makeup to feel beautiful about myself. Okay. Um, but Maddie, I would say, Maddie would probably be less makeup. I would say she'd always be less makeup. Because my inner child, I never wore makeup growing up, so we'll stick with that. <laughs> um, yes. And then, um, see, Madeline Sloan, though, she's funny. Be before, she, before we get to Madeline oh. Sloan, let's go in order. Maddie, okay. then just Madeline the Professional. Madeline's a professional. Well, she's like the, you know, um, the skirt suit, pantsuit, you know, really fun jackets, you know, blazers. Um, she's the one that doesn't, you know, she looks pretty, like, professional. You know, in the professional sense, like business cash, right, business okay, professional. Okay. Um, yes. Fairly conservative, you say? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. What about now we Madeline Sloan? Now Madeline Sloan. Now, <laughs> Madeline Sloan is, um, she is never that far away. What's that? So she's never that far away. So even though, even when Miss Wilkinson's around, right, sometimes she'll be dressed like Madeline Sloan. So she'll be wearing her sassy boots and her, like her sassy outfits, um, but that aren't, you know, provocative. I don't dress provocatively, especially when I'm working. I, you know, I respect, you know, institutions and work environments. And, you know, and the fact, too, I don't want to distract students. And you don't need to, like, so I, I, she's simple, but she's there. The glamour side's there. She's just cleverly masked by the professionalism of Miss Wilkinson. <laughs> well, so. but, but, but now let's take Madeline Sloan out of the school setting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she's just out having a great time. And now, what kind of wardrobe changes would happen? If, oh, she'd if be any. wearing. Uh-huh. Well, I love dresses. Okay, so she would be wearing. She'd be wearing the dresses that I couldn't wear to work. <laughs> um, she'd be wearing the ones that are a little bit, a little bit more low cut or a little bit tighter. Um, more sassy, like more sexy, um, playful. Uh, okay. she's very fast. She loves fashion. <laughs> um, I actually have a new dress that I'm so excited to wear. It's just like, I'm thinking of it right now. I call it my Cardi B dress. Um, my Cardi B dress, Cardi B, the, the rapper. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you've never heard of Cardi B. Oh, she's awesome. She's like, she, she is the, honestly, every student loves her which is a little petrifying just because like as a full role model, you know, unless you are able to discern with what she says, um, she might give a lot of mixed messages. Um, especially cause you know, she's a rap artist. She's very sexual, very, you know? Um, so when I hear, I had a grade two student ask me if we could listen to Cardi B the other day and I was like, you know, that's inappropriate, right? <laughs> but then I also had, I actually use her as a, uh, I use her as a lesson to teach about target audience. When students don't know what target audience are, I'm like, perfect, who to listen to? Cardi B, perfect. Are you the age group she's writing music for? No. I'm like, well, at least you know that. <laughs> so you know that that's inappropriate. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the Cardi B dress? Oh, it's like, it's really fun. I didn't even think I'd like it when I put it on, but then I put it on. It was one of those ones I couldn't take off, but it's like, it's a two-piece. Um, and it's actually quite long, but it's very tight, um, and thin strapped and it has all, it's like black, but it has all of these fun, like chains and stuff, like all these designs and chains on it. It's very, it's very fun. It's very wild. I'm always interested. So when you, when you put that on, Mm -hmm. what do you feel that you don't feel when you're not wearing something like that? Um, like I want to go dance, (laughs) but I want to go dance. I want to go out in the town. I want to, you know, just be wild and crazy and just have so much fun, spontaneous day up till six o'clock in the morning. You know, it's one of those outfits. The whole night is, the world is my oyster. (laughs) Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned some the but quickly the body language of these oh well we still have a few more we we're only at Madeline Sloan uh, what well about- I think that Miss Maddie and Miss Wilkinson the thing is is that I actually dress like Madeline Sloan always when I work teach <laughs> I always dress like her like she she's always there like she does she's not far from okay mm-hmm. and body language um hmm. the body language has got to be different. I mean, when if you show up, let's say you went to a, you know, a job interview at a school and you had the full out body language of Madeline Sloan, you might intimidate some people. I get a feeling. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I've never, I, I, that's a tough one for me, the body language. I've always had really good posture because of the violin. So I feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe my more professional side is like, you know, more sitting still. (laughs) Madeline Sloan's more like up and moving and dancing and like, you know, sort of always like moving, whereas the professional is just sort of like very grounded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that would apply to Miss Wilkinson as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. They're not always far from each other, all my personas. <laughs> now, is there ever a battle among them? Oh, all the time. All the time. Most specifically, Miss Wilkinson and Madeline Sloan. <laughs> they battle all the time. As Madeline Sloan wants to post all of these things on social media. <laughs> she wants to post all of her sassy dresses, all of her clothes. She wants to, you know, sit and rap Cardi B and post that stuff online. And Miss Wilkinson is like, no. <laughs> you are an educator. You have to respect the fact that you're an educator. Like, we're told as educators, as teachers, that we shouldn't even have social media presence at all. And I started teaching after I had a social media presence. And I also kind of fundamentally think, well, n- no, I want to have social media. Pre- I like my presence on social media, and I like how I project myself. And um, I also think, too, like who I am as a person is who I am as an educator. They're not separate from each other. And what makes me such a good educator and what children really respond to is that I'm authentic and I am myself. And, and I'm honest with them. And I think that they know that I'm not trying to, like, I'm not fake, and I'm not trying to pull something over their eyes. So Miss Wilkinson and Madeline Stone battle it out for my <laughs> online presence all the time, all the time. And that's then Miss Wilkinson wants to, like, post more educational stuff, and Madeline Stone's like, oh, that's so boring. Like, <laughs> why are we doing that? <laughs> People aren't going to want to see this. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Now, are there any other hidden personas that you may give birth to? Absolutely. I don't think this is the end. I think there's going to be quite a few more. I mean, give us still... give us a clue. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm working on a couple of writing projects right now. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm constantly evolving. And I take my own personal evolution very, very, very seriously. Right? Oh, there's another thing about Madeline Stone. She's very dramatic. Super dramatic. She's like she is like the operatic soprano wannabe. <laughs> like like she is that she is that person that would sing about dying of a broken heart. <laughs> like just you know, and sitting and sobbing, you'd be like, "My life is over." Like that's not what it's about. So the thing is, is that a lot of these personas have have developed over time based on my own talents. and talents that I didn't realize that I had. So you know, right now I'm I'm thirty. And I have all these things, like, even when I was writing that little, like, that bio for this, you know, and it was like, okay, so I'm an athlete. Yeah, I'm an athlete, right? Like, trying to think of all of the stuff that I do, right? And, um, and, and so, but I'm just starting. Like, I feel like I'm just starting. So I feel like the, the chance for other ones to come up, absolutely. Like, I, there's, and there's definitely some other personas that I have that I keep more secret, um, that I have, that I haven't shared yet. <laughs> because, um, again, for professional reasons and just, uh, you want to so give us a little hint? <laughs> it was legalized a month ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, who is she? What's her name? I don't even know what her name is. We'd have to come up with one. She has a dreadlock. I have a dreadlock in, in my hair. Okay. Um, I love reggae music, and okay. it naturally grew. <laughs> okay. uh, so, yeah, so um, she's sort of more of the, like, uh, airy sort of spiritual sort of, like, that, you know, like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be good. Okay. Every little thing going to be all right. <laughs> Very happy. Very happy persona. But I don't talk about her too much just because there's so much stigma towards it. Even though I could educate a lot of people on it. Like, I really, I, I have a lot of um, background, like, just understanding it. And I have a very, um, I think, a profound outlook on it. So it's just one of those things. But because of the stigma, I just, I just don't bother with it. It's not as important to me. For for my for my um, storytellers in the United States are going. What is she talking about? Oh yeah, she's talking about weed. It became legal in Canada recently. Uh, some of you may know that. Some of you may not. Um, yeah. Now you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you're talking about the reggae because I was going to ask. What would be the different kinds of music that each of these personas would oh, like? that's a great question. Oh. That's a great question. Okay, here we go. 
Um, Maddie likes really pump up music. She likes really evolutionary music. She loves Damian Marley. You know, she loves, you know, stuff that, you know, speaks about political stuff. Um, she's, she's very much into that. Madeline Sloan, opera. She's more operatic, classical music. She's jazz. Very, like, um, very deep art music, Madeline Sloan likes. Mm. Um, Sloan loves Cardi B. My female rappers, you know, my female, my female, my female bad bees. <laughs> um, she, that's like, that's my playlist. That's definitely Sloan. She likes, she likes that. Um, Miss Wilkinson loves educating about music. So she likes all types of music. And um, she just teaches children how to discern between what they're listening to. She teaches children how to read lyrics, um, to understand what people are saying with the lyrics and introduces students to different types of music that they might not otherwise have ever considered as being good music. Um, and also taking what's popular and, and, uh, and teaching them about, okay, so what can we learn about our society that this is popular right now? And how can we start looking, taking a musicologist type lens on music? Hmm. Um, and then who else do I have? Well, you have, uh, you, you have Madeline Sloan, uh, yeah, she's the opera. She's the more arty. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you did. You told us Madeline Sloan loves the classical jazz opera, and mm-hmm. you said the deep art music. Um, oh, yeah, I guess Madeline the professional, but is it much she's different? Kinda, no, she's she's like Madeline Sloan. Madeline the professional likes her, her class, like okay. her really, you know, okay. the, the respected music among musicologists type music. Okay. Um, and then Miss Maddie, oh, Miss Maddie, <laughs> that's like my kindergarten side. Miss Maddie really likes, like, there's this thing called, I just discovered this the other day, but this is what's coming to my head right now, is this kid bops. And what they do is they take songs that are popular and kids sing them and change the words so that they're appropriate for other kids so you can play them in class. Oh my gosh, Miss Maddie loves that <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's kid kid rap. <laughs> It, yeah, it's like kid, it's called kid bops or something like oh. that, and you can just Google, you can YouTube them, um, and they're really fun. Like they have up, uptown funk, they have one for Havana, and they just make the songs a little bit more appropriate for mm-hmm. children. Not that those songs are bad, but you still get the beat in them. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that's what we listen to is the beat, and we and then we we don't consciously listen to the lyrics unless you're one of those people who do consciously listen to lyrics. But a lot of the time we do not, <laughs> we sit and take in those words and we don't realize we're taking them in. So at least when, and especially as a phys ed teacher, right? You always want to, I love music for everything I do. So of course the physical activity, I'm always going to be playing music. So when I discovered this, Miss Maddie was thrilled, super over the moon about it. Cause now I get the best of both worlds. There's a lot of time I'm watching kids so I could just dance and like do my thing. <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> so, who do you want to be in five years? Okay, that's a good question. So, I want to be Madeline Sloan Wilkinson. I want to be all of them. Just, I I don't know if there's one that I like. Like, oh, I love Madeline Sloan, but, um, you know, I love I love them all. And I, th- I don't think I'm ever so far removed because it's interesting because they all make up me. They all make up my full my full name. And I think that my full name is something that I, I don't know. I feel powerful when I say my full name. And I hope that doesn't come across as being no, conceited or anything. No, but I do no, no, love no. my name. And I think it's such a beautiful name. And um, so in five years from now, I'm hopefully going to be a name um, – that children know or that they remember. They remember the time that they met me and they taught them, and I taught them something. Um, and, um, and then also having, you know, I would love to have a little bit more of a, a media presence or something just so that I can reach as many children as possible. Like I think of the reach that these celebrities have sometimes and not that I, the celebrities, the end game, I don't really care about being famous because it's more about empowering children. So that they take themselves, so that they start recognizing they have infinite potential 
as young as possible. And then they start following their dreams and their hearts and, and being a role model for them in whatever way that that looks. So, but I think that, that that's going to be the full name. I think it's got, it's got to be Madeline. That's wonderful. And so five years from now, you definitely still see yourself very much involved with children. Always. I think that's what I was here. That's what I'm here to do, to be honest with you, because that is when I feel the most alive. That's when I'm the happiest. It's when I am, you know, people like when I worked at the opera company last year, one of the main things I heard was that, wow, you light up when you're around children because it was an office. It was mostly an office job. So then when I finally got to be around children, Everyone was like, whoa, you just like children are just so drawn to you. Like you light up when you're around them. And, and it's so true. And it's like that's what actually got me back into teaching more regularly was because I needed children in my life all the time. Mm. Um, and when I worked before, I was like cl- I had clients. So I had about 23 clients, I think, in total by the end of that and where I saw them weekly. Clients so was, what? doing what? Oh, so I was teaching, um, well, quote unquote, mindfulness teaching. Okay. I was teaching meditation practices because that's essentially what mindfulness is, but more about how to be mindful in your life and how to incorporate that in your life. But I was also an academic coach and a tutor. Um, and so that was what I did for almost two years. Oh. And I, and I homeschooled um, a couple of students and, you know, so it was just a very, it was a very, um, you know, I got really close with a few of my students. Like they were, they were my students. It was my own classroom with them. So, um, it was one of my favorite jobs. I love that job. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, before I forget, because you've been talking about music and mm-hmm. uh, kid rap, etc. Are, <laughs> are you familiar with the series on Netflix called The Get Down? I am not. Oh, you're going to love it. It's okay. about It's about the history of hip hop. Oh, I have heard of it. Oh man, you got to watch it. Good? Okay, I'll oh. take a look at that then. It's brilliant. You're you're just giving me all these new things to watch. This it's br- it's really brilliant. It's an amazing. Oh, I, I think it's two seasons. I think I've watched their, every episode. I mean, it was just gripping, and it really captures um, the the culture. You get to understand what hip hop means to them. Um, oh. And beautifully acted. I mean, great acting all th- across the board. The young actors, the the adults in it, etc. Um, mm-hmm. So, what is your favorite book? My favorite book. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I love the Harry Potter series. <laughs> That's like my favorite series of books. Um, I have to say that one first because it's just obvious. But there's two other books that I would say are my favorite. The first is the autobiography of a yogi. Um, when I first read that book, it really actually changed my life. And it was when I first actually started consciously connecting to the magic in the world. And miraculous things happened to me when I read that book. Um, and then I just became so, I love Paramahansa Yogananda. It's all about his life, about how he brought yoga over from the East to the West and his life journey. And, you know, I, it it was really great because it, it brought in all different types of religions, but the foundation of it and um, sort of like the oneness behind everything, it, it was brilliant. It was so amazing. Um, the one thing I found about the book, though, even though it was the first time I ever heard of the concept of mother God as just as opposed to father God, mm-hmm. um, was that it was very masculine dominated. So it was all like it, there was one female saint that they talked about, but it was mostly about masculine and which is fine. I mean, you know that you you get that with yogis, right? It's it's masculine, but I felt a little bit disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. And then this summer, I was guided to read this book called Red Hot and Holy, and that is now my favorite book because it changed my life. <laughs> it just uh, it it just it was it's all about this woman who's going through her own soul, soul revolution and trying to find like her place in the world. But then it talks a lot about the saint, like women saints, and how you know, the, kind of like the badass of, of women in religions across the board and all of these women that, like, you know, were against the grain and they weren't, you know, the purity and all of that stuff, like Mary Magdalene, who, which is my name. Magdalene is, is Madeline is Magdalene in French. Um, and so just learning about those stories and it really brought, um, 
it really brought something special to my heart and it really sort of empowered me to continue on the path that I'm on. And it made me really think about some of the events that have happened in my life, um, where I can move forward, actually understanding my path even deeper. Beautiful. I have a book recommendation for you too. Awesome. The Magician's Way. The Magician's Way. Okay. William William White Cloud. Okay. And it's powerful. It's it's a changer. It's a game changer for people who open themselves up to it. Favorite quote? Um, favorite quote. I have, I have two favorite quotes. One I found in an ancient, in um, an old yogi philosophy book that my great grandfather had. So the violin maker. Later on, I found out that he loved opera. He loved yogiism and philosophy, yogi philosophy, which is so funny. Him and I are very connected. Um, even though I've never met him, but we have a lot of similarities, which is kind of interesting. But the one quote that I love from his, from the book I found is. You are in exactly the best position for the experiences you need, and you will not be kept there for a moment longer than your ultimate good. Live, grow, unfold, living your own life, doing the best you can, and be kind. And who's, who's, uh, who said that? It was, uh, I can't, I don't even, you know what the thing is? I don't even, I just wrote it down. Like I just have it written down in a, in a journal. I literally just had it in a book. So I don't know who said that quote. It was okay. in a 1904. I could find out, but I, I just don't know off the top of my head. And then my other favorite quote is right here. And this is Nikita Gill. Um, and it's wolf and woman. Some days I am more wolf than woman. I'm still learning how to stop apologizing for my wild. I love that. Who said I love that quote. (laughs) Some days I'm more wolf than woman. I'm more wolf than woman. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. Um, Some days I'm more wolf than woman. I'm still learning how to stop apologizing for my wild. And who said that? Nikita Gill. How do you spell it? Uh, N-I-K-I-T-A. G-I-L-L. Love it. Any final thoughts for our storytellers today? Well, um, I don't know. I hope maybe, I wonder if anyone uh, is thinking about their own personas and whether or not they put different hats on in different situations. I'd imagine storytelling, you know, I mean, whenever I'm storytelling for students and stuff like that, you know, you always are putting sort of those different personas on depending on what the story is or where you were in your life because we're always evolving. And so it's so much fun that way to like look back at yourself and be like, wow, I was so different, but still love those aspects of yourself that you did in the time. And then, you know, you shed ones that you don't, and then you move forward. Um, and you're always constantly moving forward, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, you're always constantly moving forward. So what's, um, so what sort of hats are you putting on and what hats do you, would you like to put on? and moving forward and, and is there a persona you've always wanted to sort of be and to go embrace it if you really want to go be this person and you feel like that urge you know there's no shame in that you know be kind to other people treat other people kindly you know it's you know as long as you're not harming anybody then go go have fun and be you and I think that you know, when we're more authentically true to ourselves, that's when we bring out the happiness. And when we're innately happy, that rubs off on everybody and people notice that. And it's not about the material things. It's about what's inside. And so hiding those things from us, you're just fighting with yourself. It's like fighting with your ego. We all have an ego. <laughs> so if you sit and be like, oh, I hate my ego, where you're just hating a part of yourself. It's about understanding your ego, but listening to your ego. What voice is your ego? So it's, it's one of those things that I hope that maybe people are inspired to think about that within their own life. <laughs> I love that. You made me think about a, a thing I posted the other day on Facebook. Oh, really? It's, it's a little irreverent and, you know, it's uh, kind of a nasty humor. But it said, <laughs> if I wanted to kill myself, I would climb your ego and jump to your IQ. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, I want to thank you for sharing such wonderful things with us with so much 
excitement and life in your voice. And you've given us a gift today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to do this, and I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so much. I received that. Thank you. And thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and the many different Madelines. Wow, that was quite a um, a journey for me, and I'm sure for many of you as well. It was so enjoyable to experience Madeline's authenticity, her passion, her humor, her playfulness, and her intelligence. And you got to pay this forward. Let other people tap into this richness. Let them know that they can hear this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. And yes, at that website, there's a free gift for everyone who visits there, an ebook downloadable that I created just for you called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Books, books, books. We talked about many of them today, any one of which can change your life for the better, can just explode the boundaries, make you step into a bigger, brighter, more exciting world. You can get any of them on, or most of them, you can get on an audio format. And as a listener to this show, you get one for free if you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You get to choose from more than 180,000 titles, and you get an entire month free of all of Audible's service. Madeline, Madeline dropped a lot of gems along the path today as we spoke. But of course, even when I asked her about her final thoughts, she left you with something excellent to think about, to meditate on, and to grow into during the next week, to ask yourself, what other selves are inside of me that would love to come out and play, but maybe I'm not allowing them to? Begin, you could even try doing this just in a safe, private world of your own before you let them out into the world. You can begin by beginning to talk like that person perhaps to dress like that person. Chances are that they may not dress exactly the way your current persona dresses. You'll begin to experience what actors experience when they get into character, when they wear a certain costume. It begins to affect them on a deep level. You will begin to experience new feelings and new thoughts that can lead to wonderful new actions that can and probably will enrich your life and to help you along that path. Ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.